Hey, so I imagine you're listening to this podcast because you're an artist yourself and you want some insider tips, insights, and general advice from artists you respect. One aspect of the business we sometimes discuss on Best Advice is rollout strategies. When you're dropping new music, you want to give it the best chance of getting heard. It's all about reaching the right listeners at the right time. That's why our team at Spotify for Artists built Marquee. Marquee is a marketing tool for turning listeners into bigger fans of your new music. With Marquee, you can send full screen recommendations of your latest album, EP, or single to the right fans as soon as they open the app. Listeners who see your Marquee are twice as likely to save your tracks, making it a better way to develop your audience than trying to drive streams from social media. To find out more, go to artists.spotify.com slash marquee. Welcome to The Payoff. I'm Antonia Cerejido. And I'm Chris Duffy. This show is your audio companion to all of Mike's money and personal finance coverage on the web at mike.com slash payoff. So just right off the top, you may have heard us announce on our last show that this is the final episode of the Payoff Podcast, which is so sad. It's true. We've really loved making this show and sharing and learning and getting smarter about money and finance right along with all of you. But as all things must, the show is ending and that's a big change. So we thought, what better way to go out strong than by talking about another huge change that all of us go through, career change. In fact, some of us are going through it right now as you listen (laughs) to this podcast. Now, it's true. I I know I've always heard that losing your job is one of the five most stressful things that can happen in a person's life, alongside the death of a loved one, divorce, moving, and major illness or injury. One thing I will say is that I wonder if my stress levels are going to go down after doing this podcast, because most of the time I avoid, like, for <laughs> like even listening to the Equifax episode, I was like, wow, I didn't check my credit rep. Like, there are all yeah. these things that Loki are now like unlock in my life like because this podcast has helped me we haven't exactly covered relaxing topics (laughs) but uh anyway yes job changes are scary and intense and any kind of career change is super stressful whether it's losing your job or just getting a new job all of them are are very very tough and as usual we're going to try and help you and maybe ourselves in the process with what to do in times of change so in our first segment, Antonia and I are going to talk through the crucial steps to take when you leave or get laid off from a job. And then in the second half of the show, we'll talk to career guru Caroline Gone, who herself went from a job in the world of management consulting to start a career network specifically designed to help young people navigate the workforce and their careers. It's the final payoff. Did you realize I had access to that music the entire time? I've been saving it for a special occasion. So, like, cheesy. Yeah, well, you have no <laughs> idea what other surprises I have in store, so stay tuned. <laughs> so this is the last episode of The Payoff Ever, and so now we have our final list of tips from our team of financial journalists here at Mike. Yeah, so we've got four super important steps that every person should take when they're leaving a job, whether it's voluntarily or not so much. But before we get to those, I wonder, Antonia, have you ever lost a job? I haven't. That's great. Thank you. But it's also like I'm terrified for what would happen if it did happen. Have you? Well, one of the weird things for me about being a freelancer is that I'm kind of always pitching and trying to get new jobs. So in a sense, I guess I'm like my jobs end every few months. I think the longest job that I've had since I started freelancing was eight months. Um, Was it this job? Oh, no. Well, okay. (laughs) I guess this may have been one of my longest jobs. But, you know, this is we do it only very occasionally. I'm saying like longest, like full time thing. 
But I do think that that process of constantly looking for jobs and, and moving through them has been really useful for me and helpful to keep things in perspective because one, dealing with applying for new work is a muscle, right? It's not magic. Mm -hmm. You get better at it the more that you do it. And I also think that temporary jobs keep you a little bit less attached to the idea of an individual gig as being your whole identity. And they give you a lot more practice. Like I've had a lot of practice now reassessing where I am and what it is exactly that I want to do and what a good next step for me would be. And I think sometimes that can help you grow, actually, to badly paraphrase Deepak Chopra. In uncertainty, we live and move and grow. Wow. I did not expect you to be such a spiritual guru. Way to keep me on my toes. I'm always here to surprise you. <laughs> uh, I keep reading more and more about how temporary gig work might be the future of the economy. But before we get there, the majority of people still have regular jobs, like me. And it's good to know what happens if you do lose that job and how to prepare before that happens. So one of the first things that you'll probably be concerned about and that you should think about is what are your options for health insurance? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, most people are insured through their employer. And when you leave, it can be really scary. Um, I know that was one of my biggest fears. Uh, there are a couple of things that you can do, though. One is if you want to just keep that exact same coverage, you can use COBRA, which is a truly terrifying word. Yeah. Like you're like, what What should I turn to healthcare for? Oh, the venomous snake. <laughs> but uh, it actually stands for the Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act. Mm. And it basically means that you can keep your coverage under group health benefits if you leave your job, whether voluntarily or involuntarily. You do have to pay. And sometimes this can be a lot more expensive. You're... Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I need explanation. Yeah. So. It basically is like you keep the exact same health care you had, but instead of your employer paying for part of you it, you pay for it. You pay for the whole thing. Okay. So you have the same coverage. You're allowed to keep it, but now you are the one paying for it. Mm -hmm. And now this only is possible if your employer has 20 or more employees. They're, that's only the only Way places that, that yeah. COBRA applies to. Um, and in my experience, it was a lot more expensive. Okay. So the other thing is you could also go to one of the healthcare exchanges. So even if the enrollment period is closed, if in most states, if you lose your job or you have a change, then you can actually look at the healthcare exchanges through there. And that's what I did. And you can get um, affordable coverage through there. What was that process like? Basically, I, mine was in New York. So I logged into like the New York Health Exchange. So, yeah. So, so somebody in Wisconsin would Google Wisconsin yeah. Health Exchange. I, I believe that that is what you do. I'm not sure how it works in every state, but most states have these health exchanges. And no matter what, I mean, basically, you're looking for insurance now. Right. Um, so you there are almost always government agencies that can help you in your state and you're going to look for those and uh, then you can apply for coverage. Was that a lot cheaper? It was cheaper than Cobra for me, but it was also worse coverage. So what I did because um, I was um, eligible for it is I did catastrophic coverage, which basically is like if sounds get, intense. Yeah, it's not anytime there's catastrophe in your healthcare coverage, you know, you're not doing great. <laughs> but it's basically like if you get hit by a car, you won't go bankrupt. But it's not going to be good for like regular stuff. Yeah, you're going to have to like pay out of pocket for that. stuff. Okay. Um, it's it's like a kind of stop you from going bankrupt insurance is how I would describe it. Okay. And look, one one of the big things here is that under the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, whatever you want to call it, same act either way, you need to have health insurance. Yeah. So not only do you should you have it because it's just crazy not to, it's a really bad idea not to, but you actually will pay a penalty on your taxes if you don't have health insurance. So when you lose it through your job, you need to get it from somewhere else. You need else. to figure out, yeah, how to do it. Okay. Tip number two is learn how to file for unemployment. So you can enroll for unemployment benefits if you have lost your job through no fault of your own. So let's say there was like a, a mass restructuring. Yeah. Or something like that. And then a lot of people lost their jobs like that would be one situation. But if you were a dick 
mm-hmm. and like you were fired for being a dick, mm-hmm. you actually don't qualify. I feel like the way you're looking at me and saying <laughs> that phrase is accusatory. <laughs> also, if you left voluntarily, you don't qualify. Okay. Do you do you get this? What I'm saying? I totally understand, <laughs> and I understand why I was fired. Also. <laughs> no. Uh, Unemployment is administered at the state level, so you'll need to apply for benefits where you live or where you worked, though the Department of Labor points people to a helpful tool that lets you easily find your state's program. Uh, So your benefits will be equal to a portion of what you earned, and you're limited in the number of weeks that you can be paid benefits, but still you should, you know, take advantage of those moments after to to enroll in those benefits. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's like one of the things that I've heard is that sometimes people call these entitlements, yeah, which makes it sound like, oh, I feel entitled to it. But if you think about it as an earned benefit, which it also is, right? You've already paid into the system. Right. And as we've established, you can't enroll if you were fired for being a dick. So I feel like most of the people who are enrolling. That's one of the main things they put in the legislation. (laughs) They wanted to stop dick freeloaders. (laughs) Exactly. It's like only nice people. Just kidding. Who knows? You can leave your job and not be a nice person. Yeah. But if you left your job involuntarily, but not for cause, you could also get some money out of it. Okay. So, okay. (laughs) I've left my job. I've been fired brutally. I'm not eligible for unemployment. Uh, They told me, hey, Chris, you know why you have to leave? And I said, I know. Please don't say it again. (laughs) What else should I do? Okay. So tip number three is cut non-essentials from your budget. Okay. What are non-essentials? So a non-essential, for instance, would be bottle service. If you're getting bottle service every weekend, you probably should stop if you have no job. Okay. When you say, what is bottle service? <laughs> like if you go to the club in Columbia mm-hmm. and you ask for a table and then it's like ladies with sparklers come by. I just want to clarify that your hypothetical scenario is I got <laughs> fired from my job, but I'm also at a club in Columbia. <laughs> And now I'm deciding to be responsible by not getting bottle service. No, in all seriousness, non-essentials are things like probably like your cable, like Hulu. Uh, You can switch to a cheaper cell phone plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, stop buying only things exclusively at Whole Foods. Although apparently Whole Foods prices have gone down now. Now that Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, you can get those cheaper avocados now. (laughs) Exactly. Well, don't even get me started on the avocado price situation. Honestly, you can't eat avocados. If you lost your job, it's so (laughs) irresponsible for you to be eating avocados because they are outrageously priced. I bought an avocado for $3. Yeah, avocados, that's an employed person food. You need to cut back on that while you're applying for jobs. 100%. So look, okay, you cut back on these. You know, I I think it actually goes to one of the big things that I have learned on this show, a real thing that I've learned, which is that the money that you have isn't just about the income that comes in. It's also about controlling what goes out and what you're doing with the money you already have, investing and, and all those pieces. So totally. this is kind of one of those, like, you lose one of those three, you can control the other two. Exactly. And last one, this actually goes right to investing, is when you leave a job, one of the big things that you should think about, and many people don't, is rolling over your 401k. So if you had a retirement account at your old job, you need to make plans to roll over that account. And um, what you don't want to do is cash that out, because if you cash out the retirement account and you take the money, you're going to pay a big tax penalty, Mm -hmm. almost certainly. Yeah. And so you probably should roll that into a new 401k if you have a new job. Or if you don't, you can roll it into an IRA, which we've talked about on the show before. You can do it at a place like Vanguard. Thanks for the show. There you go. You have an IRA. So if you uh, need to leave or go to a place where you 
don't have a 401k anymore, you can roll that money right over into your IRA. And I did this when I left my job and it was super easy. Mm -hmm. Basically, you just give them the information at your new place, whether it's Vanguard or somewhere else. It's a couple of quick steps and then now all your money is in a new place and you don't lose that money and you don't get a big tax penalty. You do have to do this though within 60 days. That's when you should be doing it. So don't wait, do it now. And uh, what happens if you wait more than 60 days? I believe you can still do it. It just gets more complicated. Okay. And also, I believe at that point, you may have a slightly more complicated tax situation depending on how long it goes. A great place actually to ask these questions is talk to your financial institution. Talk to the place where your 401k is Yeah. and make sure you give them your account info and, and then they can talk to you about how to transfer. They can also talk to you about what's going to happen if you do or don't move it and different ways. If you're not sure if you where to get an IRA, you don't have one already. Um, one, you could listen to the past episode of our show about this, about retirement, or you can also check NerdWallet. They have a ranking of different IRAs at, at different banks and financial institutions. So quick recap on the four tips for what happens when you're unemployed. One, check out options for health insurance. Two, learn how to file for unemployment that happens on the state level. Three, cut non-essentials from your budgets, no avocados. And four, roll over your 401k or whatever your retirement plan is. I like there's a part of me like the OCD part that loves that four and 401k were the same. Look, that's a lot of good advice and honestly, a lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about before. But knowing that all makes moving on and moving to a new job feel a lot more doable. <laughs> yeah. Or terrifying that we just went through all those. Like I just had like a minor freak out in my brain. Yeah. Well, you know, now we know. And knowing is half the battle, as they say. True. And also, lucky for us, after the break, we're going to talk to an expert to help us figure out what we need to do next. We're going to call up Caroline Gone, CEO of Levo, which is a career network she founded to help young people, and especially young women, navigate the confusing world of jobs and networking. It's going to be great. Stick around. <music> Welcome back. So we've talked through the steps to take when you find yourself without a job, but part of the reason why losing your job is so stressful is because navigating the job market itself can be pretty scary, especially for young people. It's true. I think especially for the generation of us who came out who came out of college into the Great Recession, finding a good job has always seemed somewhat impossible. Lucky for us, we've got an expert on the line, Caroline Gone, founder and CEO of Levo, a professional network dedicated to helping young people navigate the workplace. Caroline, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you both for having me. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. So tell us, what is Levo? So Levo is that purpose platform. It's that place you go to navigate your career, build up your profile in those first few years, figure out what kind of job you even want, how to connect with people, what this elusive idea of mentorship is all about. It's basically that career center plus mentor in a box you never had that you wish you had. And we've been talking a little bit about like losing jobs or moving from one job to another. Um, have you ever lost a job? Yeah. So I came into the workforce in 2008. So also, you know, perfect timing. I have a knack for timing. Apparently <laughs> my first day on the job was in November, 2008. And um, I moved to New York. So it was this really, really strange time in the world. I came into a consulting role and we were in a program that was very defined, right? So 
I didn't lose a job. We knew exactly when the job was starting and ending. It was a one-year program, and then you're up and out, and you have to figure out the next steps in your career. And um, people were really in a place of, of fear, in a place of uncertainty, in a place of feeling that our generation was coming into the workforce at a really uncomfortable time economically, and that we were lost. You know, we were a little bit, we were being left behind in a way. So I think there's a lot for us to to work on. And Labo was really born from this place of need, this place of wanting to use technology to actually solve some of these problems and give each and every person a chance to navigate their own career. So uh, one thing that we've learned a lot about in doing the show is how right now people move around jobs much more than they used to. It used to be that you'd stay in one job and now there's yeah. like a lot of, yeah, hopping from one place to the next. What are the best, like, when do you know when to hop off, how to hop in, how, like, is changing jobs a lot a good thing? How can you use that to your advantage? Oh, this is the, the million dollar question for every head of HR at every single company that comes to us and scratches their head and asks, what do millennials want? We don't understand what's happening. <laughs> millennials, um, we don't understand either, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, a two, it's two sides of the same coin. But um, we are we're really special. And I know that's we're not supposed to say that as millennials because we already have this reputation. But we are. We are the first digital native generation. We've come into this extraordinary set of economic circumstances. We have the lowest retention rate historically for any generation. So if you hire a millennial, you can expect to keep them for no longer than 17 months. Wow. We're also the biggest generation in history. So those two things together mean that the, the, work, the nature of the workplace is changing. I don't necessarily believe, to answer your question, that all of these transitions are a bad thing. I think what they can become is opportunities. What we have is the rise of the what we're calling at Labo Digital Nomad. This person who can basically work from anywhere, who is working from anywhere, who's always on, who's extremely digitally savvy, for whom technology has opened up new ways of working, right? Whether that's the rise of the gig economy or um, the freelance economy. And that just means that you are keenly aware of what your options are at all times, right? So if you're employed in this big company and it's this traditional path, you know you could take that skill set and you could have a side hustle with that skill set, right? You could work as a consultant over the weekends and you can set up your own website on Squarespace and you can make that work for you. One of the side effects is that there's greater mobility because now if you know that you have alternatives that are available to you and that you can access and that you can be successful with, then why would you stay in a place that doesn't meet your needs um, for any amount of time, right? So you have a lower tolerance for that and you have greater mobility. Mm. What do you think is more important to finding a new job, a good resume or a good network? Mm. That's a really great one. Option, option C. Let me add an option. <laughs> okay. What's important about finding a new job is understanding what you're looking for and knowing how to tell that story. So, and, and what that means is that you are going to be communicating that story well. So that includes the resume and you're going to be communicating it to a set of ears that actually matters, which is the network. But before picking either the network or the resume, there's actually this, this requirement that's earlier, which is don't look for a job if you don't know what the key takeaway is from the job you just left, right? If you just left a job and you either got fired or you didn't like it and you haven't taken the time to pause and, and go, wait, why didn't I like that? And what is it about my purpose and my career path that I'm supposed to have learned from this experience? 
don't look for a job. You're just going to go repeat the same process again. Like the whole, you're going to go repeat the same karmic loop. No, thank you. Yeah. Why don't you just pause and ask yourself, you know, what energized me about that job? What drained me about that job? Where did I feel that I had, that I, that I and my personality was like fully recognized in that job? You know, where are my skills and talents aligned? Where weren't they aligned? What would I like to do more of? What would I like to do less of? If you're not clear on that, don't go looking for anything because you're not going to attract the right thing. Once you are clear on that and you know how to tell that story, then it's time for you to hit up your network. It's time for you to make that resume, please, one page only, no typos, and get out into the world. But what if you're not sure what your story is and you just want to make sure that the narrative doesn't end with you starving to death? Well, I think that there are a few tools that you can use. Thank you for teeing up the labor resources that you can access. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm happy that queued you up for it. Perfect segue. We're not, I'm not telling you to go on some philosophical journey for seven and a half months. This can take you a few hours, but it's about actually creating the space and going through the exercise of getting to clarity on what your next steps are. And too few people do that. So we literally have courses on Labo that help you write your mission statement and write a resume that then follows from that thematic storyline, right? If you're a novelist, you sit down to write a book and you don't know what the key theme is to your story, your book's not going to be great. So you are the novelist of your own life story. You need to understand where you are going and how this next set of opportunities you're going to be looking for is going to fit into that. And if you approach the workforce like that, I promise you're going to get a job really, really quickly because there are too few people who are going through that process of intention um, because it's really hard. But we now have resources that can help you do that. So we offer them for free. I mean, we do that for this reason. What, so if somebody is unhappy in their job and they want to leave, do, should they always have a job lined up before they leave or is maybe unemployment a good option for that person? I think it depends on your personal financial circumstances. We could have a whole other conversation slash show about millennial financial management because that's a whole other chapter of being a digital native and what that means and our own expectations around savings rate and what we're spending on. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually do have episodes about that. If you're listening, <laughs> yeah. you could go back in the archives. Perfect. The, the long and short of it is it depends how much money you have saved up and how much time you can actually afford to be looking for the right job. If you've got less than 90 days, then my answer to you is no, right? I mean, let's, let's synthesize an hour and a half of conversation. If you've got less than 90 days, my answer to you is no. I don't think that means that you have to settle for any job. Again, to emphasize the difference between approaching a job search process haphazardly, right, by like spraying and praying your resume and intentionally by actually pulling back for a few hours to write a good story and then um, thinking strategically about who you know and who they know um, to reach out to, that's a difference of a few hours. Right. So it is to your advantage to approach it in that second way. And if you're in a job and you know you want to leave, but you don't, you're not in a financial position where you can have that 90-day gap, for example, to be safe, I would give yourself 90 days, then you start to dedicate some time in the evening to writing this story, to preparing your materials for that next step. And you can even start that process alongside your current job. So it's really up to you to think about what off-ramp you're going to need financially, but the actual motions that you're going to go through are going to be exactly the same. I'm, I'm really curious about the... Um... The mission statement. I, I love that idea. Can you, if it's not too personal, will you tell us your mission statement and maybe help us come up with mission statements? 
Oh my gosh, we're gonna have a whole workshop here on Sims. Oh, okay. It's amazing. It might take too long um, for us, but I'd love to just hear yours, and then I can we can cool. brainstorm our own. Sure. So I'll share a little bit about mine. I have parts of mine. So basically, when you go through, we have a whole course with um, Gabby Bernstein, who's amazing, around how to find and write about your purpose. And there are several components to your mission statement. So there's sort of your external facing mission statement, like what do you like to do? What energizes you in your life? And then there's your your internal compass, your north star around, you know, what is it about the world that you're trying to change that that affects that, that intersects with that. So as an example, for me, I really care about self-realization. I care about learning very, very deeply. So what I care about in my life is creating tools and telling stories that help people live their biggest lives. And what that means for me as well is that I need to be on that journey. So I'm a, I'm a relentless learner. If you spend time with me, you'll see that I'm always looking to understand you know, that next concept uh, in psychology, that next productivity hack, um, that next spiritual, psychological barrier that's going to keep me from my dreams. I mean, that's like really, really important to me. And then scaling that through technology is obviously what I've, what my manifestation of that in my career. So for me, it's very, very simple. It's very aligned, like internally and externally, right? Um, now, where that comes from is a whole other like armchair conversation about my childhood. We don't need to get into that. But for you to get to that point, you need to be able to answer a few questions for yourself, right? So we can't get, go through all of them today, but a few simple examples for you to like go home and scribe on this weekend are, you know, what, think about the last time, for example, think about the last time that you were in a state of flow, right? You completely lost track of time. You felt fully, fully present in your body. You were doing something that was, that, that really got you into that state of like full rapture, that state of full flow. So just think about a time that you did that. And then, you know, think about what, what you were doing in that moment and how long ago was that? So sometimes we, ha we have this conversation with people and, and, and they get, they become really emotional because they're like, wow, I haven't actually felt that way since I was a child. And that sort of makes them realize, wow, I haven't really been aligning my, my work with my natural talent for a really long time, but that's okay. You can always course correct. But that's just one of those examples of that question, like kind of gets to the core. Why? Because if you think about the, you know, the, the theory here, your state of flow, like everybody has that, you know, unique imprint, like everybody has something like a set of skills and talents that they come into the world with that are innate. And of course you can learn things and that those two things do not impede each other, but you come into the world with a set of preferences, with a set of things you're interested in, with a set of, with, you know, if you're spiritual with some karmic mission you're on. You don't need to agree or disagree with the current mission part. But the point is you come into the world with a set of characteristics. And it's really important for you to be self-aware and go through the process of understanding what those are. Because basically, the, you know, the hack to life here on being happy in your job is if you can align your career with that, you know, the thing that puts you into flow, like you will be blissfully happy and you will be excellent at what you do. And that is really the core of what we're trying to get to here. So the questions around your mission are all about uncovering that. What would you do if you never received money or recognition for it, right? When's the last time that you were disappointed by something? When's the last time that you actually cared about something more than people might believe that you do, right? So all these questions, what are they doing? They're trying to get you to uncover what it is you actually care about versus all these layers of projection and, you know, and like adulthood that you've, that you've put on over the years. Yeah. 
I feel like that's what we talk about on this podcast so often is like like so much of managing not just your career but your money and everything is like really asking yourself like what is it that you care about a hundred percent a hundred because all of you all of us have examples have memories of people we've met like think of one person that you've met recently in your life where you talk to that person you're like this person loves their life their job they're super energized you're super passionate I promise you, if, if we were to take those examples of people that we've met and we were to ask like one or two questions, what we'd uncover is that they like get why they're here and they're not wasting any, any minute of their life doing anything that's a distraction from that or that's not aligned with that. And that's why they feel so happy. It's the, it's the antidote to that sort of anxiety that you may feel earlier, early in your career around like, am I doing the right thing? Which can be a blessing because that anxiety is going to push you to go through this exercise to make sure, yes, you are doing the right thing. You're not going to wake up when you're 65 and go, wow, I really just didn't take the time to make sure I was moving in the right direction before I started running. Well, thank you so much. This has been so useful. And I feel like you've given us a ton of great things to think about as we think about career transitions and finding your purpose and and what it is that you're meant to be doing in the first place. So thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you for having me, guys. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can find out more about all the stuff that Caroline is talking about by checking out Levo. Go online, use their tools, and check out more about all of the uh, courses that she was recommending. I know I'm going to. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Happy Friday. And that's it for this final episode. Even though we won't have any more shows coming out, you can still subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music for this entire show has been from Breakmaster Cylinder, and our producer has been Alan Haberchak. Thank you, Alan. Seriously, thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. It has been so, so, so much fun, and it's changed my life. Like, now I have an IRA account, so it's actually really changed my life. We have accomplished one thing. (laughs) (laughs) And many, many things, actually. I really have learned a lot, too. And even though the show's ending, we'd still love it if you let us know what you thought of the show by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review for the payoff. And if you have any thoughts about the show or about the show ending, please send them by email to payoffpod at mike.com. If you want to find us, you can find me online at chrisduffycomedy.com. You can find me on Twitter at Antonia C-E-R-E. And finally, if you want any more personal finance advice, some of the great coverage like you've heard on this show, you can always find it online at Mike's Payoff channel at mike.com slash payoff. Chris, do you know what I'm going to let you do right now? What? What's the phrase that you haven't been allowed to say? Oh, no! (laughs) Oh!